For Arizona Public Media, I'm Leslie Tolbert, Regents Professor Emerita in Neuroscience at the University of Arizona, and this is Arizona Science. Today we'll talk with Deepta Bhattacharya, who's Associate Professor in the Department of Immunobiology. Deepta studies exactly how key cells in our immune system work and how they can be manipulated to be even more efficient in defending us against infectious diseases. Welcome, Deepta. Thank you. Give us some background on some of the important cells that make up our immune system. Well, there's a lot of different cell types. If you think about the whole blood system, there's somewhere around a dozen different lineages, um, and most of those are actually designed to combat different types of pathogenic infections. Um, so there's cells of the myeloid lineage. These are sort of what we call innate-like cells that recognize sort of common patterns in the common pathogens that we see. And that would confer innate immunity when we're born? Yeah, it, it's a way, it, they're thought to be a way of controlling the infection at the very uh, initial stages, and sometimes they're actually sufficient to protect. So for instance, flies, that's all they have are these innate immune cells. And so for very simple types of organisms and simple types of pathogens, those myeloid cells are generally enough. What we have, though, is a second layer of immune defense called the adaptive immune system. That's primarily made up of B cells and T cells. And the reason they're called adaptive is because they are extremely diverse. And there's a, a selection process to uh, expand out the B cells and T cells that are most appropriate for uh, defending against all the diverse types of infections that might come our way. And what makes them particularly effective? They develop antibodies that are responding to antigens on uh, infecting organisms? That's right. So the, the key feature of the adaptive immune system is that every cell has a different type of protein that they express on the surface of the cell. For T cells, it's called a T cell receptor. For B cells, it's called a B cell receptor. And those B cell receptors can also be converted into making uh, antibodies that are, that are secreted by the cells. And so every one of those cells is making something different, and so the odds are that one of them, simply by chance, is going to be able to stick to almost anything that comes our way. And it's only those cells that get expanded up and then produce protective immunity. These cells that are uh, capable of recognizing these bacteria or viruses are dividing about once every six hours or so. So that's about the fastest rate of cell division that's known in the mammalian system. So what are you doing to make uh, B cells that can live a long time and do this job? One of the types of stem cells that we work on is called an induced pluripotent stem cell. These are cells um, that behave a lot like embryonic stem cells, and they were first discovered by Shinya Yamanaka a little over 10 years ago, for which he won the Nobel a few years ago. And essentially what he found was that you can take four genes and put them into almost any type of adult cell, and then they revert back to what is like an embryonic state. The advantage then of these induced, induced pluripotent stem cells is that you can then turn them into almost anything. That's one advantage. The second advantage is that they grow indefinitely. So you can basically grow these cells up to whatever scale you want, make as many cell types as you want because they have the ability to generate any lineage, and then put them back. That's the idea. And the different lineages will be expressing different antigens that you might then be able to raise B cells to recognize? It's a little even trickier than that. So what we now have done is adopted what are called modern gene editing techniques, CRISPR-Cas9, where we can take an induced pluripotent stem cell, and then we can put the antibodies that I was telling you about that are, you know, have all these crazy features, put them back into the iPS cell, and then differentiate those iPS cells back into plasma cells, which can then potentially be used for a cellular therapy for infectious disease. 
So the idea then would be to produce permanent, broad immunity. That's right, outside the context of conventional vaccines. So where are you taking that now? Are you working with the biotech industry to try to um, move quickly on this front because it's such an exciting possibility? Yeah, we are. Um, and uh, so, so I was uh, fortunate enough to, to be part of the co-founding team of a new company called Sana Biotechnology that's using pluripotent stem cells for all sorts of cellular therapies, some of them actually including the immune system. So um, what I'd say is that this is a nice uh, example of industry academia partnerships where there's certainly some questions that I still want to pursue in my own basic academic lab. But the things that we find have the potential then of impacting things in the biotechnology space as well. That sounds like a really exciting partnership to be developing. Thank you very much, Deepta. Thank you, Leslie. You can hear this and all Arizona Science Conversations at azpm.org slash Arizona Science. I'm Leslie Tolbert.